Fucking, you went to Peru? Nah, I did one, uh, like, uh, Argentina? Nah, this was in Massachusetts. Oh, this shit. Beach. Yeah. Massachusetts I mean, shaman. anyone can be a shaman. Right. <laughs> I guess, right? Yeah. God damn. Yeah, there's no real definition of a shaman. It's like a guy who knows a lot about spirituality and does drugs. Yeah, that's like, you know, everyone in a college dorm is a shaman. Yeah, I used to say, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, this chair's squeaky as shit. I'm just going to change it to that other one. It was just gonna is be it too, too much? Yeah. It would have just been loud for the camera. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah, because that, that gets fucking, that's the only other sound people hear. Yeah, it's a shame because that's a comfortable chair, too. That one should be better. If not, if not, we could just, you could sit on the couch and we can I like. I was literally sitting on a fucking. Uh, a rock? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I did my yoga this morning. You can raise that chair too, by all means. It's my hotel room. That's good. I'm big in the yoga and meditation. I'm like, I'm like a fucking spiritual white girl, really. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. You do all the. All the routines. I mean, yo, I'd be lying if I didn't say every time I see like a little, uh, like a easy way, get fit without weights. Like here's a quick routine or a quick little stretch. Yeah. I'll be bookmarking that shit. I How do you it. feel about like motivational shit? Like on Instagram. <sighs> Everyone's trying to sell you a book. So yeah, that's great. You're trying to help me, but it's also like, I don't know. It's like the, it's like the evil Christian that's trying to help you, but will also co-opt everything that you stand for yeah like he's smiling but he'll stab you in the back yeah see that i post motivational shit on instagram but i hope when people see it they realize like that's why i smoke on this podcast and that's why it's called bucked up it's right. like you can't take it like you can't take it seriously yeah i like, mean i don't I get why people take me seriously <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean the i mean yo, fucked up. The, the the thing is with the at least from what i see like the way that like i follow you on instagram i see what's going on the um like to have excerpts from a interview is different than like you know you're not doing like ted talks or trying to like mm. uh like posture yourself as someone that's benevolent yeah. You know, and I think that's the thing. There's a lot of people like, I don't know, you're marketing self-help. That just feels gross to me. And there's a lot of people that could say that it did genuinely help them. And I can't yeah. speak on that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not about to say like, no, self-help is bad. All the people that benefit from it will be like, what the hell's wrong with you? Do you think it's different with like motivational rap? I don't know. Because people find my music motivational and inspiring and all those redeeming factors, and I almost, you know, I just kind of just, you know, I make music. I can't say I don't have a plan in the back of my mind when I make music, but because it, it would be, uh, yeah, I'm being you're hypocritical. Not making, like logic suicide hotline music that's trying to be right. like fake motivation. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm still trying to, you know, sell you my record. At the end of the day, so if a self a self help guy got to make his money somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I just think, I guess because it's like how many people get into self-help that's almost like, why are you the 
person mm. I should listen to. Who needs the help anymore? Yeah. I got the help from a self-help guy, and I'm going to go be a self-help guy to go help other self-help guys. It's like a Ponzi scheme. Is it weird when people come up to you saying, like, you inspire them or no. motivational and shit? No, not at all. I think that's amazing. Cause, Cause it, okay. Yeah, because I, I at least know that I carry myself, like, who I am. Like, everyone that knows me as Theravada, I feel like they don't know me, know me. I'm not about to say, like, oh, yeah, you follow me on social media and you saw me at some shows. You know me, but... I think they have a better idea of who Zen is than maybe other people stage name versus real name or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that might be one of the redeeming factors that is winning me over with fans. You know. Do you feel like there is a big difference between the two? No. I think if there's ever a difference, it's because I kind of knew what the album cover was going to look like. And I'm a person. I can't look. I'm good. I got my own. I'll, you'd be passing splits with a lot of rappers. I don't know. Like everybody You'd be around mad people I'm not super scared of COVID anymore I was a little fake scary on it But I don't be passing splits I understand Yeah yeah but This is just a straight J Yeah that's another thing too I would I need the I need the extra if we're, We were talking about shamans Before the podcast I want to go back to the difference Between the artist person And the per- the You as yourself But it's mad funny I the, the my shaman once told me this thing about sharing joints with someone. Like when you smoke with someone, you get very like connected with them. Mm-hmm. And he was saying it's cuz like you're passing like DNA. Like when you smoke, it's like you're passing like cells onto the other person and that's what brings you closer to them. I always thought that was weird. Not that that's why I smoke with people, but that was like his spiritual reason for why smoking with people brings you together. That makes me never want to pass anyone. Yeah, script. as I said that, as I said ever that, I was like, again. that's the creepiest thing I've ever... That's, I was mid-DMT <laughs> trip when he told me, and I apologize for ever saying that. Suddenly now you have this, you have this common strand of DNA between all the people you've smoked with. Yeah, no. You just became a germaphobe right there. I mean, I low-key kind of am. Mm. Like, I was very much... You know, I always keep hand sanitizer on me. As soon as I enter a building, I wash my hands. It was just a normal thing I did, like, before COVID. So during COVID, I was just on some, like, just doing what I was, stayed with the hand sanitizer. Like, I'd be the type, like, I'm not going to sanitize my hands every time I dab someone. Nowadays, I kind of do, especially when I'm smoking, because it's like, I'm dapping all these people. I'm seeing people. I'm about to smoke, have my hands in my face. Sanitize. Yeah. You know? But at the least, like before COVID, or if I went to like the gas station, definitely sanitizing my hands after that. You know what I'm saying? I feel mm. like that's just normal. Common sense. Yeah. Yeah. MTA machine. What? Even oh, like yeah. Hop the turnstile. You touch. What? You passing well, through funny, metro car. Like what? You touching? Gross. You grew up in the city, though. I grew like, up. I grew up out here. I was in the city, but okay, out here being Long Island. Because in yeah. the woods, it's a little bit different. Like when I was young, young, I lived in like the farm town. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like normal. Germs are like a actual thin- dirt is probably less dirty. Than like touching something that's been touched by five thousand. Yeah, I get to the city and I just get like. Yeah, I feel you. Like I don't know. That's when I become kind of a germaphobe. Like I don't even like taking the subway and shit. Yeah, I mean, since we were younger, we would all kind of like we stand on the train, like not touch nothing. Yeah, sit on the train. Like if I had to be real tired to like be leaning on the rail or actually hold the rail or something. But even I don't know, man. Just it's just gross. Too many people touching things, passing things around. It's gross. 
Do you think back People to the gross. back to the? Yeah, I really derailed <laughs> us with that horrible, horrible. Statement. Now I'm thinking of everyone that I've smoked with now has a part of my DNA. Yeah, they, they're, they're a part wow, of you. What a commitment. <laughs> and yeah, nothing. I'm not going to edit it out, but I apologize for saying it. <laughs> But I feel like we were talking about this before and back to the serious thing. It's like the more, do you feel like the more your artist self and your personal self are one, that's how fans start like believing in you? Probably. Probably. And I think the more I make music, the closer I'm getting to, to like my music, like me feeling like myself in my music. You know, not that not that there was ever a level of dishonesty in my music, but I felt like there was a level of this is me just having at it. And now I've had at it for so long and I've figured something out. And now it's like, OK, this is really me now, because to have an idea. To be in the studio by yourself, for one, and to have an idea to literally start with the beat and you write and you record yourself and you do all these things. My biggest issue used to be. um Losing the inspiration, like between the moment and the song, and something about the moment, the way it sounds in your head, the way it just sounded out loud when you was rapping it to your friend, and then you lay it down, and like something feels like it's missing, or something didn't feel right, or being a being a recording artist wasn't really making sense all the way. That can be really discouraging. So I would find ways to just like you know simple stuff like I right, make a voice note. That's how you know how it's supposed to feel. I know a lot of other artists, they deal with this. Their first draft might be a rough draft, and they want to redo it, but something about that first draft just has that feeling. Yeah, Pro Dillinger last night was saying he'll only write a verse once. He won't write something two times in a row, Mm -hmm. and he'll only record it once. Mm -hmm. And if he fucks up, he'll scrap the song. Yeah, yeah. That's That's crazy to me. That's that's definitely something I do. I feel like if I ever scrap something too, I, I don't necessarily scrap it. I just let it sit, and I let myself make... 10, 20 more joints that I like that much more than those five, six I was questionable about. Maybe use the verse for another beat because I'm always making beats. The pockets can be different. Use a beat with a slightly different tempo. Yeah. Take sections of bars from other songs, use them in other songs because that's the same way. It's like if I make a beat, an unfinished beat, who's to say that beat was done just because it was just sitting there for a minute and a half? Well, that's how stand-up is, how I feel about it is like, I'll scrap a joke, but it, something in my life will happen, right. and it can that pertains to it, and that's why I like writing on stage. Is because I feel like if I, you have to like interact with the audience. You write while you're on stage. Yeah, like yeah, I like I'll go up with an idea, like a sentence that I think is funny, and I'll just try to like extrapolate oh, on it. Interesting. And then I'll do that ten times, mm-hmm. and at the tenth time, I'll finally have a bit. Right. I think people think stand-up is like freestyling. Where it's like there are definitely some people who freestyle off the top of their head, but it's more about performing it in that moment rather than like coming up with it on the spot. Mm -hmm. And that's what stand-up is. Mm -hmm. It's like it's not like I'm coming up with it on the spot, but I'm doing it so well that you think I am. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's about how you fill it all in between. People don't see that there's, there's a full routine at hand, but all the extra things, interacting with the crowd, uh, you know, adding, like ad-libbing your own joke or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it could be like, oh, 
this hit last time. I'm going to do it again this time, but I'm going to add to it. And also there's certain, you know, you're in a different place, so certain jokes you can make that hit a certain way if you understand the area. Yeah. You know, hey, Milwaukee, how about the Bucks? So how, how do you doing? Yeah, like then how do you prepare for like a freestyle on like a radio show or some shit? I mean, that's really just whatever bars I feel like I can, I'm just on. It's kind of, I see rap like basketball. Like, if I was working on a new move in basketball. Don't you bring up basketball. I mean, it, is, it happened. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you, I, want I said the record. before, too. I yeah, want the I'm record like, to show not, you brought it up. I did. I mean, what can I say? It's really, but I have no other analogy for it when it's all said and done. Because no, no, the only discipline I ever had that was as strong as music was basketball. So, for me to, you know, if I'm going to rap, if I feel like if someone says, oh, come rap, you know, over here, come do this spot. Just whatever verse I feel like is just strong that I can actually land. Yeah. But I don't know. It depends because I go through different waves. It's also, I went through a wave of not performing for a while, and I feel like that changed the way I even looked at how I performed. Why? COVID. It was just literally less shows. So that kind of like, that just changed like how I approached my music, how I was approaching the stage. How? Overall. It comes back to that same thing, like that 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 level of honesty on stage that purity that you want to show on stage that that level of comfort i feel like i always had that i feel like that was one of my strengths but it was still something like i wanted to change about it i wanted to change my energy i wanted to be able to save my energy while still having as much energy you know which i also think is something you learn in basketball like how to conserve your energy while knowing when to use your energy in appropriate Mm -hmm. times yeah you know yeah that's like when i started learning about run like when everyone's like, I can't run, and when I started learning about running, it's like you think you're supposed to like go a hundred percent from the start, but it's more about like, it's like life. It's the marathon. It's mm-hmm. like what Nipsey said. It's like it's longevity over. Can you perform well at a short period of time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I wanted songs too that I felt like the the more I age, I want to keep performing them. And I have old songs I would keep performing. It's not like I ever felt like, oh, this is old. I wouldn't perform it. I really, I lost all my old beats anyway, so I couldn't Damn, perform really? it if I wanted to. Yeah, I had my laptop stolen in February. Fuck. Yeah, and I lost both my hard drives. Fuck, Womp. bro. Yeah, that was rough. That was a tough time. That was like the week I did my Rosenberg interview. That was when that happened. <sighs> yeah, it was crazy. But then since then, I've made like 700 beats. No lie. You know? I'm blessed that I can come here and make beats. I've made a couple hundred beats on this computer. The computer in the other room, I've made all the other beats, basically. Yeah. So I was still recording. The whole last project I did was here. So I was That was fortunate. like the restart week. Yeah. So that's why even that was an interesting time, because I was like, what music am I even putting out? What verses should I go to Hot 97 with? I had all these written, so I was just like, whatever. But it was weird. Because even, even that, like on the Hot 97 thing, like I felt like I was like, a shell of myself that whole week because I was trying to... So you got him stolen beforehand. Yeah, it was like four days before that. It was like, that shit happened and then the next day I got the text like, yo, Hot 97 on Sunday? And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Say no. But it was still like, damn. But that's like the universe seeing if you can step up to the plate. I guess so. I got that text, I was like hanging out at the Alchemist pop-up, which is also like a trip in and of itself. Oh, the one in New York? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was cool, you know, talking to Billy Woods. I was like, I was getting advice from Billy Woods right after that happened and, like, Alchemist. So it's like, 
not the worst thing, but also like it's just crazy. Yeah, you know, it was the Earl Sweatshirt tour was like those two days you right see, after. I have the T-shirt on. Right oh now. yeah, you are wearing the shirt. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's fire. That's hard. I didn't even see those in person. Right. That's hard. It's crazy. I need one. But it's funny because I think a lot. I was talking to someone about this where it's like some people get the big thing and they're like, oh, "That's it. That's all I wanted. I'm mm-hmm. done." But like you losing it the same week. Is how like the universe it sucks, but it should be. Is like when you get the big thing. No, that's the start. Because like every yeah. time you get to the s- ceiling, it's the floor of the next level up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the when cycles. one door closes, another one opens. God damn the, the motivational shit. Did you see that video I posted? It was like no, a, it was no. like a dude. He closes the door of a car. And, the, and he's like, when one door closes, the other one opens, and the other car door opens, and he goes, but other than that, it's a really good car, 59. <laughs> All right, that is mad funny. Good stuff. But nah, for real, though, like, the same week it happens. Yeah. And then you make 700 beats, and that's not, what, less than a year? Yeah, about six, seven months. And not even on some, like, yeah, I got 700 of the most crack beats out. It's like, no, but I, I made some shit, you know? Yeah. A lot of them are getting used for sure. Like a lot of them, I'm I've recorded on a lot of them. I'm working on like four albums with other rappers right now. So you just put out the one with Young, Young Morpheus, Morpheus. Yeah, yeah. And I got me and Starker coming out next, and I'm working with I'm working with uh Nick F. Flying again. Oh wow. Uh, me and Monday Night. Um, me and Marlo Demore. Uh, yeah, I got a lot. Who do you feel more like at peace with you as a producer, you as a rapper? <laughs> That's funny. I feel like you can't be a rapper and be at peace because there's some type of conflict that needs to be expressed. And I feel like that's what gives the urgency to the rapper. Not that it's a necessity, but I feel like that's kind of my thing. Like, I feel like I'm most inspired at a state of conflict and maybe the conflict doesn't need to be like, like a bad conflict, but there's there's a moment where you're like, you know, it's those points where you learn something and it could be internal, it could be external. You mean like the Michael Jordan always having beef with people? Mm, not exactly that. <laughs> That's funny though, but it's more of like a, maybe it's more of like a Kobe. Like he's just trying to pressure his team. Like why, is, why isn't his team, he's trying to set such an example for his team. He's trying to get his team on the same page and he's just, he's trying to help. But he's frustrated because it's like not everyone can be Kobe. You know, I'm not necessarily saying I'm Kobe, but it's it's that level of, of, of discipline, really, that it's like I'm just trying to push myself. And I want the people around me to push themselves in the same way. And I guess I get frustrated when maybe sometimes, you know, like I feel like I need to not hold other people's standards to mine. I just got to focus on what I'm doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like... So I was, someone was saying, a, a friend who owns like a food business was like, you want your employees to like love and care about it as much as you do. But of course they're not. Cause that's not like their dream. Like their dream is their dream. So you have to find people who are willing to give enough and also follow their own dream. Yeah. And it's not that I have an active issue with anything. That's what I mean by like, 
the, no. in, in, the internal but conflict fan, and turning points. Yeah. As a fan, now I get why more people don't collab. Why it's like harder for yeah. artists to collab. Because yes. yes. like when yes. you're a fan, you're like, why don't you just do? Why don't you just DM him and do a song? Why don't you right. just DM him right. and do a song? Yeah, why no. don't you? And it's like, nah, that's really not how it I, works. I literally like. I used to say all the time, people say they want to work with me, and I'm like, no, you don't. You don't want to be annoyed by me. You don't want me to tell you that we have 30 more songs to make. You don't want me to tell you that I feel like you should do this part different. You don't want me to tell you that I don't really like that one bar you said. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to deal with that with me. Yeah. You want to form that relationship with someone that you trust first, and then you should work with that person. Yeah. Because fuck about, oh, that would sound dope if we work together. I really want to work with you. Like, that's great, but... Don't you want to work with people that you formed a relationship with? Don't you want to do something more meaningful instead mm -hmm. of just like trying to make everything like a business play? I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's that's also to come back with what I really mean by like that level of honesty in my music is just pushing that I'm working on something that this is really something that like when I die, yeah, that was me right there. Not just because it was the thing to do, not just because I thought it was cool, but because no, this is this was this was my work, you know. Not just this wasn't me just participating. Yeah, you know. And I'm told that you know, which is cool. I'm told that when I'm outside of New York, people tell me like, "Yo, you're in your own, you're in your own lane." And I think that's cool. That's like the best thing I could be told. That's what keeps me going. Especially outside of your. Home. Yeah, 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 yeah. In in New York and like even in 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 different cities, yeah. People they tell me like people that are like they're all super tapped in, but. They told me, like, nah, you kind of got your own thing. And I feel like since I keep that that kind of, like, constant recycling of, like, checking myself and always really, like, trying to level up yeah. in all things. Because with beats, is like, beats, I can just get lost. Making beats is, like, it's expressive, but, you know, you're digging through samples and you're just finding something hot and you're thinking to yourself, wow. Be at peace. Yeah, that's the thing. I think making beats is definitely more peaceful. And not not that rapping isn't peaceful or fun, but I don't know. You, I dig for a little more pain. Well, it's like one's supposed wanting to be at the forefront and one's cool hanging back. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can just kind of smoke and listen to records. I get what and you... And dig, you know? And yeah. then that's one thing. That's like a Sunday afternoon. You can make the hottest shit you ever made while cleaning on a Sunday afternoon because you found that right sample and you flipped it real quick, second nature. Rap, it might be like, oh, I heard something and I caught something and I wrote it in that moment. That was cool. Or it might have been, nah, it was bits and pieces of these moments I was having that I've, I collected my thoughts and I really put something together, you know? And yeah. I, don't, I don't know if, if my music ever really comes across that way because I get, I get told all these interesting different things about my music that I almost don't realize I'm doing because I, I don't even... I don't even think, I feel like I'm on zero. You know what I'm saying? I look at myself like I'm on zero. I look at myself like I don't even have anything out. I look at myself like people don't know. I do too. You know what I'm saying? I so, do too. Yeah, I, yeah, that's I, the like, and I feel like that's the best way to go because that's how you keep yourself in check the most and grounded. That's why I'm know? hard on other people and that's why like I try not to be because it's like I'm so, I like hate myself and that's the only reason I can push forward is like this hatred of myself but then you can't push that hatred of yourself like onto other people. I get what you're saying about the conflict. I hate myself. There's a reason that there's a reason that I want to get on stage and have a room listen to me talk. Like there is conflict. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Like, you just want people to listen to you. You're like fucking listen to me. I like Yeah, cuz who wants to listen to the guy that just gets on stage and he's like 
show they, it's my turn um but that's you with music yeah, that, like the yeah. conflict you're like no listen to what i'm saying right like right. i'm making this for you to listen right yeah and I'm, I'm that's that's what i ever admired in a performer was whatever level of command they had over the crowd and sometimes that command doesn't necessarily come from like overtly demanding attention the command comes from just you know it's just drip sometimes yeah you could start your set real quiet you don't gotta be all loud like yo everyone come the fuck to the stage you could start your set real quiet and it might take 20 30 seconds for people to realize you started your set but next thing you know you got the whole room because you started slow and that pulled them in yeah like you had a dope set at top shelf oh thank you i appreciate it yeah top shelf was cool that was that was like at that point i had done like three or four shows through the summer so i felt like i had a new routine down pat I, I think that was one of the things too with prior to covid i never had a routine and since i had all these beats and all these songs i just knew i could go to a show and do one of 50 things i know the words to all these songs i had all these beats i had a set list of 30 things you just go to shows and be like this one all right this one all right this one you come to a show you see something different every time now i'm like all right what are the songs i actually do like performing which ones do i actually care about and which beats do i actually still have and then you got to you know, now I got to build my show over. Is that like mute past music you just, that's done with? Like the old shit? Yeah, that you lost. I have a bunch of stuff that was still on my 404. Uh, Rob Chambers has a bunch of stuff. Um, But like when you're performing, are you like, the, the you're key, doing the, key, the new Yeah, you? the key joints though that I performed, even like just the quality of the beats, like, you know, like I did a sound check the other day. Actually, not the, it was like a month ago or whatever. I played a beat and I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm going to do this. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, it was just older. It just didn't knock in a big venue. The songs still go hard. I'm sure people still like it. I'm sure people still want to hear it. But for me, I'm just like, nah, it's just this newer thing to do. I might go back, you know, maybe remix some songs, start performing them again. But I feel like I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. You know, I feel like whatever I've done... I don't know. I feel like I'm still really small. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I get a lot of, I get a lot of love. I get a lot of credit. I get a lot of support, but I still feel like it's very small and I don't want to look at my music that I've already made as like, let me just keep leaning into this. I can, which is great. I can keep, you know, I can make a Zen Griffey shirt. People still going to buy it. People still tell me like, yo, I just heard Zen Griffey. It's amazing. And I'm like, wow, I'm already like, I'm not over it, but I'm just, I'm older. It's five years ago. Yeah. You know, I just feel like I have so much more work to do. I feel like those were like my early mixtapes. Y'all really like my early mixtapes, but I don't even want to think about a plan for like a five year anniversary show or anything like that. Cause I'm like, I'm not, you know, I go see Lloyd Banks do a 15 year anniversary. I'm not Lloyd Banks. I'm not about, you know what I'm saying? I feel like I have so much more to do. Yeah. You know, when did you start feeling like you were on the right path though? When the producers that I liked early showed me love early. Like who? I did a show in Richmond with Obliv in 2015. And I was such a big fan of his. And he came up to me after my set and he was like, yo, I really fuck with that shit. Hard body, bro. That was fire. And I was like, wow, like crazy. You know, that to me was fire. The year prior to that, I had seen him play in Brooklyn. And he was outside smoking a cigarette. I didn't even go up to him. 
I was like, I don't even want to bother him. He has to perform. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even, you know. A year later, I'm outside smoking a cigarette. He's coming up to me like, yo, I fuck with that, bro. That was crazy. And I was like, oh, shit. That just, that just kept me focused. You know, that kept me saying like, all right, whatever it is I'm doing, whatever it is that I fuck with, because I'm making shit for me. Other people actually like that too. And for me to even be put in that position, because it was, you know, cats in Richmond doing their thing. They were fucking with me just for me to be out there. I was honored. I remember they brought me to the venue. It was like 10 people already at the venue, just hanging out. All these kids made beats, did art, whatever. They all knew my name, my stage name. That to me was all new at the time. So I was like, wow. So just for that, like, and that was Satellite Syndicate. They put me onto that show. That was just crazy. That was a time, you know, but those were the small things. I was like, oh, this is like, that was my first time being brought out of New York to do a show. Was there you know? ever a point where you thought you were going to be done? No. Even when I was like, damn, I might have to like stop for a little bit. It's never like I'm going to be done. I can't be done. Because that's also, you know, that's void of whatever perspective career you think you have. If you do this, you do this. Because I was always going to do this, I think, void of the money. Yeah. You know, I got involved with it because I saw people around me doing things that were making sense and getting noticed and doing things on a professional level from like a younger age. So for me to even get involved, like I started with DJing and from there to start making beats. And At to, what age? To, uh, maybe like 20, 21 started DJing, 19 maybe. DJing for my rap friends, DJing some house parties, maybe a couple bars here and there, regular. At that time, everyone was trying to be a DJ too, but I felt like I had an actual like, I could DJ for fun. I'll pull up and play some hip hop shit, whatever, or I'll come DJ the rap show. And that turned into like playing beat sets at the rap shows and getting my own rap set at the rap shows because my confidence came from being around all my rap friends and doing their sets. I start rapping. But I noticed that the the attention people gave me was always like a little more like, a, yo, yo, that shit. Like people will come up to me. It's like even if it would be a room of 20 people and one person will come up to me, they're going to come to me and be like, that shit you just did, bro. That shit you just did was... So all I needed, if it was always one person that was like super moved by my shit, because I know that they probably like the same shit I like. So whatever it is I'm doing, they know that, oh, it's the weird beats with the ill raps, with the, you got the punchlines, but you saying ill shit, like, I fuck with that. I get that all the time. Little shit like that. That's why I used to just, like, I used to try to do shows all the time for fun, like on some basketball shit. You got to go to the park all the time, work on your your game, play with different people, expose yourself to different surroundings. I would go to venues, sounded good, sounded like shit. Good mic, bad mic, one speaker, Bluetooth, whatever. I'd go anywhere just to rap, just so people could be like, yo, what was that? That was fire. Those are your beats? Oh, you know the guy that made that beat? Oh, shit. You know, just little stuff like that. It would stick. I would try to go anywhere from that point. It, didn't, it didn't matter. We weren't getting any money. I just wanted to go anywhere. Where's their rap show? Can I get on the mic? All right, what's up? I would start, start going to venues. Anytime I just show up to a venue, they'd be like, oh, you got your, you got your beat machine thing? You want to play some stuff? Yo, it'd be dope. And that's just, and then that turned into getting booked for shows. That turned into opening for Mob Deep. You know, was that because, your first big show? More or less, I'd say. But that was like, that's the same venue. That was at the same venue while we were already at. So that's why it's like, it was cool. We played, that was honestly, it was a bunch of real bad openers on that show, I have to be honest. They put us on first, and it was already packed in there, which was cool. 
I wish we went on later. But that was still dope to even be able to say that we did that. But just from showing up all the time and like, like we'd go to the venue and the sound guy would actually go behind the booth and be like, oh, you're performing tonight? All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the lights for you. You know, because for the rest of the show, it wouldn't really be like, you know, it's just like, you know, whoever signed up for the week to perform or whatever. So when you get stuff like that on a local level, like the dude who's you got to fucking find and hound down half the time just to do your sound. He sees me and he's like, oh, what time are you going on? That little shit like that is cool because I'd see him even like not do the same shit for the artists I thought were dope. But they see me. They thought I was fire. So I, don't know, I lean into that, you know? Yeah. It's cool to hear about the shitty shows, mics, whatever, because that's what I do with comedy. Any night that I don't have a podcast, I'm going to try to find a place to tell jokes. And that's the kind of hustle that you have to have. Yeah, definitely. It's like no matter what it is, no matter if there's what it is, like you just go and you do it. It like, And you have bad nights too. Like, mm -hmm. Is there bombing in music? Like, of, can you bomb a show? Of course. You forget your words. You might be not just I don't know I have sets where I'd be thinking I did bad just cause like I did one song that's like some new shit I did that I didn't even record or didn't finish and I'm like I just wanna do this I'm just feeling this vibe and I only do the first eight bars and I'm just like whatever do the next one in my mind I'm like damn I fucked that up I really wanted to do that shit but in reality it's like oh it's cool enough you did those eight bars bro you did you did seven other songs flawlessly yeah. I might let one moment just be like yeah that shit was whatever people be like yeah, you killed that shit but I'm like yeah, it was whatever do you feel like the performing helps you in the studio? Yeah, because from my original approach, I would perform songs that I hadn't recorded yet. So I always say I kind of like, you know, reverse engineered my style. Like I wasn't going into a studio to record songs first. I would just make beats and have verses and just go do a show with, a random assortment of beats and a random assortment of verses. Nothing was recorded. Nothing was out. I did my first rap show at Tammany Hall in Manhattan, which is a venue, I think it was on Orchard Street. It used to be on Orchard Street or Ludlow, one or the other. But I did my first rap show there. I think it was 2014, like my first solo rap performance. And someone came up to me. He's like, oh, how long you, how long you been rapping for? I was like, oh, this is, my first, this is my first set. And he thought I was like fucking with him. You know, again, shit like that. Like I do my first solo rap show and people already seem like, oh, this guy's, this guy's seasoned. This guy's nice. This guy knows what he's doing. This guy's been putting out music. Pre-DJing, what did you think you were going to do? <laughs> Be a fucking history teacher. And like maybe like do a clothing brand on the side for fun because I was into stuff like that. And maybe still, maybe still DJ because I always loved music. It wasn't like some like later in life thing to get into music. I was always obsessed with it i was always i wanted to know what sample they used when i was younger i was that kid you know in the cd booklet looking at everything you know what changed with samples what you mean before you can find samples now like no sample snitchy oh i mean just gotta dig I guess. I don't know what you mean, though. Like, you mean with, like, for me to find samples or, no, for, no, no. or like, like, the recognition before, of samples? Yeah, the like, recognition of samples before, like, you could post, like, what sample you used. But now it's like, nah, you can't do that. I mean, they're going to do it anyway. Like, these hip-hop fun fact accounts, they're going to be like, look at this sample. And I don't know, bro, if I'm that fire and someone's making some video of like yo i recreated this beat for this cool rapper what do you think like 
okay, cool. You found the same sample and tried to flip it. That's amazing. Yeah. I even understand beat making because I watched someone on YouTube in like 2005 or 2006 recreate the beat to a million and one questions on Fruity Loops. You know, I didn't understand it, but I could at least say, oh, wow, this like, I see what he did. I see how he chopped the sample and made it damn near the same exact thing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. You see that thing that YouTube now is making it that you can use like other music. What do you mean? On their like before, they would like demonetize you if it had like someone else's music in it, or mm-hmm. if, like the sample. But now they'll pay the original artist the money, and you won't get demonetized. Right? There's like it's like streaming within it. Yeah, exactly. Type thing. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, I could just put your song in it. You're gonna get your streaming revenue because it popped up on YouTube as if someone clicked play on your yeah track itself. Yeah. I mean, that's how they were kind of doing it for video games for a little bit, too, right? Like, every mm-hmm. time a song played in a video game, no matter who was playing it, it counted as a stream. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because I think about it like I was listening to Danny Brown talk about Atrocity Exhibition. You know that album? I don't know if you listened to Danny at all, but he said... I'm a fan, but I'm not... I don't think I heard that album. Is that, that a more recent one? It's probably... No, it's probably like... It's after old, so probably like 2016. Oh, really? Okay. It's that one with that has the song with like Kendrick and Earl. Okay. And Ab. Yeah. But anyway, he was saying that he spent like 80 grand on samples. Yeah, for like clearances that, uh, and stuff? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm not at that point. Am I going to be after this interview? I don't know. I see. I'm with you. I'm at zero every day. Like it's That's weird my thing, to me. Man. That I don't know. Like, am I supposed to stop sampling though? Like, I don't know. No, no. Off, I'm not saying that. I'm just as a fan. Like, yeah, yeah I know you're not saying. It, I like hear it. Like, I kind of like going back and finding like the old jazz song that was used, or like, but you can't do that now because what, like. I mean, just don't say it on Twitter. Like, yeah. let let whoever is like the hip-hop sampling 101 instagram account or whatever the hell let them do that if you're just going to be some guy and be like yo dope i love this song i love how you flip this sample from this record from this year on this label it's like all right bro that that's great you're a fan and you know what the hell's going on but like damn action bronson used to have like a radio station that was like all the songs he had sampled. It was cr- and every week it would be like him and Alchemist would curate. See, like that's a list of like old jazz, like Egyptian jazz fire. from the sixties. It was dope as hell. Yeah, I found so much music that way. Cause then, in the same respect, it's like, cause yo, hip hip hop, like making beats is still just like DJing. When you when you digging for samples, it's the same thing like selecting. You know, I think about it all the time. Like, yo, if I just showed up for a bunch of like old heads and just DJed all the tracks that I sampled People would probably be like Yo what the hell Where did you get all these tracks from Like my uncle was a DJ in the 70s And I showed him my little digital crate on my phone And he was like Oh I have this I have that I'm like yo if you have this and that I need to see your collection Because I didn't really know until recently He was on some shit Like he was telling me He's like yeah He's like I was really digging in the 70s He said he wanted to pull up And DJ like the deep cuts he wanted really? to play stuff people never heard. He told me, he's like, yo, if I cleared the floor and there was only four or five people still dancing, I was like, yeah. Like the same way how I just told you, if I had one person fuck with me, I knew I was doing something right. It was like listening to myself. It was kind of bugged out. You know what I'm saying? Like, And, and you he, had never talked to him about I that I knew before. he was a DJ, but I thought he used to just play like uh, Gap Band records or something. You know what I'm saying? Like the hits. I didn't know he was like really on some like DJ digging in the crate shit on some 70s, 80s shit. 
He's like, yeah, if I had three, four people still dancing, then I knew, yep, those are the people that get it. They want to hear the new shit, too. They've probably been put on to this, and they just like it. They just keep going. Everyone any, else, they want to hear the top 40 joints or whatever they call it. Any other musical talent in your family? He was low-key the only one. The fact that he was a DJ, like, that's the and that only person. And he talks the same way you do. That's kind of... Exactly. Like he said, he was like, yeah, I was hanging out on the Lower East Side at the record store, all that shit. Yeah, so I was like, what? But it's like, I don't know how... Like, I always knew it. Does he it. have a bunch of records? He still has them. Have you ever digged through his? Nah, I'm about to, though. That would be I'm about crazy. to find out. I th I think it was because my cousin had shown him that how I was on High 97, and he started getting hip to how, because Rob Chambers is also my cousin, so he's, like, mm. he's seeing both of his nephews, like, so he's, like, opening up more to us about, like, what he was doing. Not that it was ever really a secret, but I feel like he knows that we really appreciate it. Yeah. And we're coming from the same place. You know, and especially when I'm showing him the records and he's like, oh, what? You're using these like to make beats out of? I have these records. You know, I'm even explaining to him like I've been sampling Greek records, like all genres. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Greek people fronted on me from saying that the music from Greece wasn't really that special. I don't know. Oh, what, you got shit for talking? Yo, son. No, it's not even that I got shit. It was just like no context. It's just that growing up, I feel like no Greek person asserted to me how crazy Greek music was. Oh, Greek music's good. Oh, man. Kind of giving, I'm kind of giving it away right now, but I think we're deep enough into the uh, podcast that if you've listened this long. But I mean, I'm I'm Greek, so it's like yeah, like a lot of the stuff that you're gonna hear on my stuff coming out, a bunch of Greek samples, but you might not even be able to tell. See, sample know? snitching is so crazy that you don't even want to say that you're using Greek music. The game is to be sold and not told. <laughs> and I hope, I feel like people I don't get sample like, any, I don't even make beats, which is crazy. Yo, what, yeah, what's the difference between a producer and a beat maker to you? Um, I don't know. Producer and a beat maker. One will post about it on Twitter and the other one is, is, is just going to laugh at it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can decide which one is which. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> someone said that the other day, and it like makes sense. Like, would you get offended if someone was like, "Producers beat make maker? beats, but beat makers produce when they make beats." But a beat maker is not going to make beats when he's producing. But a producer produces when he makes beats. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's deep. You know, yeah. people don't get it. <laughs> Yo, you saw what's his name say? <laughs> The side chaining thing. I think if, if you side chain, you're beat making, but if you side chain while you're producing, you're producing for a beat maker. What's side chain? Exactly. You might just be you might be a beat maker. I'll make music. But still, it's like You mean it's like a mental thing? No, not even. It's just deeper than rap. <laughs> now I feel like you're fucking with me. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gave you that idea <laughs> Yo People get so And I'm not saying this to you But I feel like I shouldn't even ask about it anymore The sample thing Because people do get really like Yeah I mean like no one thing. no one wants to give away too much Even though we're all low-key doing similar things No matter who wants to admit what But I just feel But like, see I'm just like a fan Just yeah. interest Like I'm like yeah. I'm really like a kid in music Like going right. into like a candy store Being like Ooh what's this How's yeah. this Done, like. Yeah, like you still hear like a track with a sample, and you're just like, "What the fuck? How?" You know I what I'm told saying? you how. how yeah, I that's see amazing. Music, how I see music is I either like the energy that the song gives off, or I don't. 
Like, I'm not a music yeah. journalist. Yeah. That's why I can like YNJ doing Coochie Man shit, <laughs> or I can listen to your shit, right. or I can go listen to Milo, or I can go listen to fucking, like... I wasn't going to say MGK, but I can't really listen to that shit. But you know what I mean. Like, Playboy yeah. Cardi. Like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whatever yeah. it is. It's yeah. just like I like the energy yeah, it's given like you either, off from it. Either like it or you don't. There doesn't need to be, like, a science behind the way you're interpreting it. Yeah. You know? Because then I feel like that's what that's what's going to disallow people from enjoying things. Do you still have, like, a passion for it? Can you still enjoy it? Oh, of course. But I think it's, it's less of a mystery now because of uh, how much more... I've just, you know, learned about music. You know, when you're really sampling and digging for music, you learn so much about music if you're really paying attention and you're really, like, studying everything, you know? And I think with that, you know, I have less questions, but I, I want to learn so much more. Yeah. Whereas 10 years ago, like, hearing any beat was still just like, how like every time i'd hear beats i'd be like how what the hell how i say how so much more now it's less how and just like oh you did it that way wow i can kind of configure how and map it out my own way i might be wrong but and then the, does the the business rule it like it's hard it, like you have to learn that balance of doing the business but keeping the passion yeah that sucks Suck so much. Yeah, that's hard. The first getting the fans is harder than create. Is easier than then creating a business out of it. And yeah, that's what sucks. I like. want to do so much more than I literally can by myself, and I think that's what I hate about it. It's not that I don't want to do it; it's that I don't have the energy or the facilities to do it by myself all the time and constantly. Because you you're know? still a creative. Yeah, because I'm not a CEO. Like exactly, I mean, you have to be a CEO and a creative. Yeah, right? I'm. I'm. I'm quite literally my own manager in every aspect you know shipping and handling and packaging everything yourself and designing everything yourself and going to the manufacturers or whatever printing places yourself and seeing all these things out and getting samples of things yourself and producing yourself recording yourself i gotta sit here and go and get up in the booth just so i can get the good booth quality after a while i used to be like no nah, i'm not doing that but now I'm like, nah, man, I have to. I, I got this booth. I got to use it. You know, yeah. you're doing all that. And even all while doing all these mechanical things, like you said, you got to stay that artist and stay inspired. So I think, you know, again, touching back on square one, what we was talking about, like, staying in tune with myself and not being distracted by all these things and forgetting, like, you know, the purpose of it, which is why I just need the help for real. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you see, like, I pull up by myself, I set up, like, I do have a team, and I, I love them, but, like, they can only do so much. Of course. Like, I can't do graphics, that's not, like, you know what I mean? Like, I need someone to do the graphics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was doing graphics and videos before music, like, that was just a hobby of mine in high school, so when all this stuff started coming together, I just had everything at... Like, by the time I had started rapping, I knew how to do all the other stuff, mm. you know? And that's good, because you have to, all, like, it's good being able to look back at your life and be like, oh, all the things did leave, lead me here. Even if I didn't know that they are going to affect, or even if they indirectly affected it, it's like, oh, I was always on this path that ended up helping me where I'm at right now. Like, yeah, I, I was I was prepared for the opportunity. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like when I met Conway in 2017 and we talked for 45 minutes, that was basically my first interview with a rapper, even though I never even thought about podcasting. It was just us smoking outside. And then that like, I didn't know what that was going to lead to. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk to him for another two, three years. Mm -hmm. Like you, it just ended up working out. Mm Mm-hmm. It's those things, the omens in your life. You ever yeah, read The that Alchemist? Was, that was before you had that interview with him. This you was, like sat at the table, this right? This is before yeah. I even started doing stand-up comedy. Right. That's I what just I'm saying. like snuck yeah. af- outside after him after a show once. Yeah. And was like, you inspire me so much. And he's usually not talking to people like that, but he smoked me, him, and DJ bro. Shea for like 40 minutes. Wow, crazy. That's crazy, bro. What up? R.I.P. DJ Shea. R.I.P. DJ Shea. Word up. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, man, that interview with Conway was crazy. It set you it set you up for him to, like, open up on that level, you know? And that's, that's impressive, you know, it, for both of you. I think it's impressive for Conway to open up on that level, and I think it's impressive for you to have that platform for someone of his level to open up. I'll always because that was that was one that was the moment where I really dug into your shit. I got hip to your shit after you did the Pep interview, but when I saw the Conway interview, like I just saw the the level of comfort and the way that the questions responded to the answers led into the other questions, like all the little shit. And I just said, I'm like, this is this is good stuff. And I even I, I felt like I understood a whole level of Conway, a rapper who I'm a fan of, and I understood more of his intentions and what to maybe expect from him or not expect from him and just saying like, damn, I feel you as someone who's also in this rap shit, doing things in my own realm and my own level, you know, he's on a whole nother level. You know what I'm saying? Griselda, Griselda getting signed. Like, you know, I say this all the time, Griselda getting signed in 2017. That, that gave a lot of us more opportunities than we already had. You know, I can't say we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for them, but it definitely made this, all this shit bigger. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And to and to hear in an interview that you did with them, like, for him to come through and say, like, you know, I wish I, st- I, wish I didn't push it as far. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, and these are, these are the things that I start to think about. Like, yeah, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy for knowing, like, you got to do these things at a human pace and strive for greatness, but don't, like, don't, don't pigeonhole what you think success is supposed to be because you're going to miss out on all the shit around you that's very redeeming. And still qualities of success. Like you don't have to go so far to have everything you want. Yeah. You know, you, you, you think you want all these things, but you don't understand the compromises that come with certain things that you think could be fly. You know, you have to make the balance of the artist and the person. Yeah. Cause if you push all into one either way, mm-hmm. you're not going to be happy in that final moment of your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big thing, man. You just, we're all just trying to be happy and satisfied with our lives and yeah. cover all the bases. And the fact that I could even make music, the fact that I could even sit here and have this conversation with you, like that's success. You know, I could use some more money in my pockets these days, but you know, that's on me. Everything else that's happening, you know, you got to just, you got to take it in stride, but not take it for granted. And I yeah. think that's what a lot of people struggle with is like, you got to tell people like, yo, appreciate it, but be cool. But it's like, so what you want me to do? Celebrate, but with no balloons? Like, which one is it? You know, so it's, it's a lot, man. Life isn't, life isn't easy, bro. What you going to no, do? No, but the pursuit is the thing that gives me joy. Like, 
I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have a plan of what I, I have a blueprint of what I'd love to do, mm-hmm. but I, the pursuit of just being like, I know I believe in myself enough that if I just do every day, what that day I know I'm supposed to do in the end, I will be happy. <laughs> this is funny. You know, when I knew I was actually nice at rapping, like for real, like I knew I was nice, but this is when I was like, Nah, I might actually be nice for real. This is funny. I was in a clubhouse room with Joe Budden. And it was like me, like 10, 12 other women, maybe like one or two other dudes and Joe Budden. And they were all just like picking random people that were listening to come up to the room. This is when clubhouse was brand new. They pulled me up in the room. They're all instigating me, asking me all these questions, looking at my Instagram. They're like, oh, he raps, rap right now. I'm like, nah, this is a setup. And Joe Budden's like, nah, rap right now. I'm like, ah, right, whatever. I kick a 16... And they're all like, oh, yo, he's fire. They're quoting my bars in real time. Like, all of them, like, saying the bars together. Like, even Joe was like, yeah, I'm kind of tight. That was fire. He was like, after the first bar, I got tight. Because you were fire. You had a flow. Because I was like, oh, no, nah, this was a setup. Y'all were just trying to talk shit. And I feel like he didn't have shit to say. And I was like, all right, man, I'm probably pretty good. This is a guy that talks shit about everyone. Everyone. You, should, you got him <laughs> mad that you were good. I got yeah. him tight that I was actually nice. Shout out Joe Budden. His last day's freestyle was crazy, and I got a chance to tell him that. That was cool. That's cool. He's hilarious. What a fucking career arc, that guy. For real. <laughs> Still some of the best Drake disses. <laughs> the most unnecessary crazy. but great Drake disses ever released were the Joe Budden ones. But on some real shit, that was a funny full circle moment for me. Because I really do love that last day's Joe Budden freestyle. That to me was like one of my favorite displays of rap ever. Mm. And that's also like, that kind of speaks to my like nerdy passion of rap is that I don't have to like certain bodies of work from everyone, but certain people just did one thing that I thought was so perfect and amazing that I'm like, damn, you could have probably done that a hundred times, but you were just doing whatever you wanted to i can't decide for you just because i like these one or two things like what the joe budden nba song what that's my whole drip that's every bar is a have you heard that song Nah. you've never heard that song oh my god i'm not even i'm not a big joe budden he raps over the i mean i'm not devastated to hear that you're not but joe budden nba there's two versions there's a new version. wasn't good. The old version is amazing. Wait, you talked about yes, it. You exa- rapped yeah, about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so much, yeah. I heard it in the track, and I, sh- I, and I didn't know out. what he was talking about. I actually, about. it just hit me, too. Yeah, I did That's talk about this song. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to it on my way here. Word. <laughs> <laughs> um, NBA. He raps over the NBA on NBC theme song, like sampled in a beat. You never heard that? What does he say? Drive slow, lights out like I love this game. Y'all like magic. I'm starting to believe you dudes ain't that sick. (laughs) Uh, Might see me scooping up a bird to get knowledge. Number one draft pick, and I skipped college. I forgot what he said after they said get injured, end up. uh, Who's he say? Like Grand Hill on the bench in your street clothes. Talk about he really got it good with a Glock, but like Kurt Thomas, he ain't good for shit on the block. That song is crazy. It's just every line is like. It's at that time. I think it was like 2000. 2000 oh, so it's... 90s basketball bars. Every single line. But it wasn't deliberate. It was kind of like I was just going through life, and then I was like, you know, 
That's I like true. I like bringing up a random NBA player that I really fuck with because it's like you know. I just feel like the way I'm rhyming sometimes, I just start to imagine the way a basketball player played and then the way their name sounds just sounds kind of cool. You know, rap shit, whatever. But then I remember the one day I went back and listened to the Joe Budden NBA song and I sat, I'm like, oh my God, this is literally all I ever tried to do. This is so funny. That's your like... Yeah. It's not my main drip, but it's like... I just, No, I get what you mean. Yeah. Basketball punchlines is but fun. But you want to you know? rap about what you want about uh, rap course, about. Yeah. We were talking about DJ Lucas before. He raps about the most... Like you rap about being in the woods of Massachusetts, and it's like no one gets because he's rapping about what he wants to rap about. Right, like right, right, and you got you got to keep it fun. That's why, like, I like to sprinkle in gems, self help and life advice. But I'm not going to sell you the self help book. I want to yeah. keep you motivated, but I'm also you know say something funny and also give you an image or give you something to research. Sometimes it's like... That's where comedy and... I don't expect everyone to know what I'm talking about too or frip. If anything, when people will misinterpret my lyrics and be like, yo, it's fire. You said this. I'm like, that's not what I said, but you still thought it was fire. So that's still fire. Yeah. That you just... You just thought it was fire and you misinterpreted it, but that's not what I said. And I can still correct it and tell you what it means and how it connects to three other things. And you're going to be like, whoa, I would have never known that. That's why I got to start putting lyrics in my physicals. It's like annotations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think most of us should do that, if not all of us. I like doing it like on Apple Music where it like shows the lyrics as you go up. I don't have have Apple Music. Are you a Spotify guy? Not really. I mean, I use Spotify, but... I just use it to, like, I don't know, listen to Rosebud's Revenge on repeat. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh. Or, or, like, or yeah. like Tragedy Gaddafi. You know what I'm saying? Like you listen I, to that new, you listen to Elephant, yeah. uh, Elephant Man's yeah, Bones? Fire. Fire. What? I'm actually kind of tight. Uh, I, zip, I, zap. Zip, zap. Zap, zip, zap. Zip, zap. That's the hardest. Zoop. Zip zap zoop. That's what. No, it does. It's not zoop. It's I, think it's just zip. It's, I think it's, it's three of them. Zip zap zop. Zi- I think. No, zigzag zig. You talking oh, about? Oh yeah. <laughs> I was Whatever. like, I wasn't sure what you was talking about that's for a mad second. Fun. Oh, we yeah, got that's there full circle. Yeah, zigzag zig. There you go. Is that the one with the hardest, uh, hardest chorus of all time? Y'all dudes broke <laughs> in real life. Y'all don't get no pussy. My life of fantasy. That shit's so funny. I this literally is funny. I ran that back like a hundred times. When Rock I is so mean. It's hilarious. <laughs> Shout out to Rock, man. Shout out to Rock. Shout out Long Island. Man, thank you for doing this. This is dope yeah, as no hell. Doubt, man. Thanks this for is me. awesome. Word thank up. you for having me out. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I that happened two times where I fucked up the dap. There we go. Thank you for coming on. Where Thank can people find me. your shit? Inside, outside, everywhere. Uh, I don't know. What What do you need? Spotify? I'll T- put T- it. They don't, T- I don't even know why I do plugs. T- T-H-E-R-A-V-A-D-A. You could put the letters up here, and if you don't, that's okay. We're still in here. T-H-R-V-D for shorthand on the Instagram. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Thank Zang you. Zang Griffey with an X. Hello. And, and good night. Shout out fake bougie underscore Ryan for the smoke. Peace.